Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Thursday. We're almost to the weekend, one day away from it. Hope everyone's ready for Friday. Hope everyone is enjoying the end of the week. But some things to go over on this podcast as we get right into it. Not a whole lot to talk about in the world of movie news, but there is one thing that I do want to discuss. And then I'm going to be starting kind of this throwback Thursday movie review segment in which I watch one movie a week where I kind of it's a classic or it's something that's come out in the last few years I watch it and then I review it every single Thursday and bring it to you guys to talk about so I'm going to start that today but I'm going to get to the one major news story that came out today and that was the announcement by Warner Brothers that the Batman is resuming production once again due to one of their our actors or one of their people on set testing positive for COVID 19 and in those reports it was followed up that the person that did have covid was their star actor robert pattinson who's playing bruce wayne aka batman so they had a shutdown for the last two weeks or so which is the normal guideline for if you do test positive for covid quarantine for two weeks see how you are and then go back on set and it seems like that is exactly the procedures that they followed and i think there was a lot of hoopla about this certain story story because the magnitude of the project and the the star that was positive i think if this was a cast member on the set i think this would have gotten major headlines because of the project but i think it was a little too kind of people jumping on it right away i think once we heard that it was one person they locked him down they tested and contact traced whoever probably else was in proximity of robert pattinson whether it's cast members crew members locked them down and it seems like they were able to snuff out the flame of whoever had coronavirus and bring it back to normalcy and bring it back to a level where everyone tests negative for the virus so again this it's not surprising i think you're going to hear some people come out with covid positive tests when now that we're getting productions back up and running again both in film and in television jurassic world dominion has been shooting for a while and we heard that on one of their second unit productions that they have when they were shooting at a location in europe they had a few people that tested positive and they quarantined them and they followed the protocols that are in place and the guidelines that they have instilled and it seems like right now they're still working they're still in production on the film and the same thing's happening with the batman and so i think it was uh, much to do about nothing i think again i think a lot of people coming out and saying that oh are these protocols working are they not working i think it's very evident that these protocols are working especially if warner brothers came out and said that it was only one person that one person has been confirmed to not have the virus anymore and if it is indeed robert pattinson then at least their star doesn't have it anymore and i think because of again of the major proponent of the production because it's a major Batman film, major DC comic book movie. It got the headlines that it did. But again, I think we're going to be hearing some more stories coming out about people testing positive and people are going to jump out on the, the safety issues. Is it right to go back into production? And I think it is right to go back into production. The case that like a lot of other places that are trying to go back to work with new protocols implemented in their workforce, people who work on film sets have to go to work. And it's not just 
actors or directors. It's people that are below the line, gaffers, grips, people that work in makeup, people that work in catering even. They all have to make money on these on the set. It's it's a normal paycheck for them. So it, it I'm happy to see that this film is back in production. I hope we get this film in 2021 in October, especially after seeing the incredible trailer that Matt Reeves brought to us at DC Fandom last month. And it was only 25% or 30% around there of the film that was already shot. So there's still a lot more that they have to do. It was reported that they're probably going to be shooting till November, December of 2020. So till the end of the year, they'll be getting this production done. And hopefully there's enough in it that this will be one of the things where it'll be a hybrid of what we've gotten without COVID and with COVID. And we're going to see those implementations happen in television soon, especially on network television. Now that a lot of those productions are back up again in in Vancouver and in a lot of Canadian places and also here in around New York City and also in Los Angeles, we're going to start to see what the shows are going to look like with COVID implemented. Is it going to feel like everything is normal, even though behind the scenes it's not? So I think that there's a lot of curiousness about what it's going to look like for a lot of Hollywood production. So it, this is just one of the latest to go through it. I'm happy if it was Robert Pattinson that it sounds like he was able to go through COVID, whether he was symptomatic or asymptomatic or had mild symptoms or major symptoms. I'm happy. Whatever the case is, he's back on. It seems like he's healthy, ready to go. Nobody else got positive tests for coronavirus. So everyone is well it seems like and they're going back into production so all's well that ends well and i'm happy to see that happen with the batman what do you guys think now that the batman is in production will we get this film in october of next year will we not will it be delayed let me know what you think and leave your thoughts and the last thing that i'm going to talk about today on this very short episode again not a lot of news that came out today at the time of this recording so what if there's some stuff that happens later today i will make sure that is included in the podcast tomorrow but that is it for the movies or the movie news side of things now to get on to my first throwback thursday review that i'm starting on the sam Bissell podcast today and i'm going to start it out with a little bit of a james bond kind of feel and i don't know for some reason i was in the mood for bond whether that is because of tenant that i saw last week or not it just was a spur of the moment thing. I decided to watch it last night and I said, you know what? I want to review it on the podcast today. And the one that I did watch was Casino Royale. It is the first Daniel Craig led James Bond film. It came out in 2006. And this was a film was actually the first ever James Bond film that I saw in theaters. And I really, I had an idea of what James Bond was, but when I went into this, I was a little kid. I really had no idea that I was going to see a James Bond film. And when I went to see it, I loved it. And I think over the years, I've had and grown fonder of this movie over time. And it is one of my favorite Bond films of all time. And the reason for that is this is the most origin story James Bond film that has been put to screen. When you look at the James Bond films of the past from Sean Connery, Roger Moore, George Lazenby, Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, all the James Bonds before, they followed a 
a canon line that was brought with a lot of the characters and we never really got an origin story even in the first James Bond film in Dr. No we knew who James Bond was but we never kind of got into his past really and how he became a double O with this film Casino Royale which is based off of the first Ian Fleming novel this is the first mission that James Bond took on as a double O this is kind of the origin story of how Bond became Bond really and we have the the typical convention of James Bond films, the, the beautiful, gorgeous women, the lavish lifestyles, exotic locations, money or, 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 or card gambling and, 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 and card games and bow ties and, and crazy action. It had all the makings of a classic James Bond film, but they reworked the status quo a little bit in which they made James Bond in the beginning more of a of a soulless character somebody who is cold-blooded from the very beginning and all he wants to do is kill he has a license to kill and really that is all that comes to his head when something goes tough he's like you know what let me just kill somebody and so that is a journey that james goes on through this film and by the end of it you get i think probably the most well-rounded james bond of all time in this film from beginning to end and i felt like we never got that before or we haven't gotten that since honor Majesty's secret service with george lazenby in which when you talk about the emotional bond before casino royale that's the one you go to where we see kind of tracy who is played by the late great diana riggs in which she is wed to james bond and you see that personal emotional story come into play we never got that in in any of the other films after honor majesty and we actually got that with casino royale where we see james bond going on this journey from a cold-blooded killer to somebody who has a soul somebody who has emotions somebody who cares about other people and that one person that he really does care about is another fantastic bond girl in the likes of tracy in honor majesty's secret service and vesper lind in which vesper and bond in the beginning are comrades people that work together but slowly over time they build a bond a relationship and in the end a tragic love story comes through within that relationship and you feel it from beginning to end you're invested in it in just this one film and martin campbell does an incredible job in the direction of this and how he's able to tell this kind of one kind of enclosed story and even though it leaves stuff off for a sequel it kind of really kind of roundabouts in a way where it tells one whole complete story of the beginning of james bond and you have judy dench come back as em and she's really the only lingering element from the Pierce Brosnan bonds from the old kind of bonds before they rebooted it with Daniel Craig. But if you have a chance to bring back Judy Dench as M, you you give you take that chance and you make sure she's in the movie. And she's brilliant in this. She's incredible. The rest of the cast, you have Mads Mikkelsen playing the Bond villain, who is just an incredible villain. And the the mission of this film is so intimate, but at the same time, it is kind of on the level of global catastrophe in the way of of laundering money for terrorism in which a lot of espionage films a lot of bond films it's always about end of the world saving a part of the world a part of a country and saving millions of lives and in this one it's not about stopping a bomb or stopping a chemical attack nothing like that but it's about the 
the money that is invested in terrorism because the only reason that terrorism attacks really happen is because someone is financing terrorist cells. And that is the main focus of this film is that you're stopping that source of finance go to all these global catastrophes that happen due to terrorism. And so it feels very intimate, but also it has major ramifications for the world really and for the threat on terrorism. So I love how intimate it feels, but how epic and and globetrotting it is at the same time. And Martin Campbell does, a, does an incredible job. Daniel Craig is phenomenal. Mads Mikkelsen, again, I was talking about Mads Mikkelsen. Again, he, he was amazing. And Daniel Craig just brought, I think, this grittiness to Bond. And, and we haven't seen that before. And again, talking about the well-roundedness of this of this bond, you feel an emotional tug to him that you never felt before. And he, in the beginning, he's got that cool suave feel. But again, at the end, you see the emotion that he has for Vesper. You feel for this guy. And I think you don't really feel that for a lot of other bonds of the past. I don't think you ever felt that with Roger Moore or Timothy Dalton or even really Pierce Brosnan. You might've felt that with Sean Connery a little bit, but definitely with George Lazenby. But I think with this bond, you were emotionally connected with him in a way that I think a lot of people weren't beforehand. And this is what makes this certain Bond film so incredible and an all-timer in my book. And the action sequences are just phenomenal. I mean, when you look at the the emotion in the fight sequences and the brutality, there, this is the most brutal Bond film, I think, that has ever been put to screen. Even when you look at Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, the other Craig films, there's nothing that I think tops this in terms of brutality. And you can go to the opening act in which there's this incredible... Madagascar sequence that acts as a chase and a fight and it's just mind-blowingly amazing and a lot of the stuff in this film is practical it feels like you're in the action with Bond when he's running through walls and climbing on these these skyscrapers and these construction buildings it's just incredible and and Daniel Craig as Bond sells that brutality at the same time so he's incredible Ava Green is great as well and I think if you're looking for a bond to start looking at and you don't want to go through every single one of them and with Daniel Craig kind of up on deck for his last James Bond film this is definitely the one to kickstart it all for you in terms of watching other Bond films before No Time to Die this is definitely one to put on check out it's on Netflix right now so if you have Netflix which I'm guessing a lot of people do right now you can definitely check it out there's also Quantum of Solace which is the sequel to Casino Royale not as good completely not as good as Casino Royale but it would go on to I think return to the heights of greatness with Skyfall and you have the Pierce Brosnan films Goldeneye you have Tomorrow Never Dies The World Is Not Enough those Pierce Brosnan films are on there as well so there's a lot of bond to check out on Netflix but if there was one to recommend it would be for me personally Casino Royale it is one of my favorite bond films of all time not my favorite but one of my favorite it's definitely in my probably top five of all-time bond films so definitely check it out and if you're looking to get ready for no time to 
die, this is definitely the one to start out with and check out as it delivers people on the Daniel Craig hype train. And he's definitely my number two Bond. I don't think anything could ever replace Sean Connery. But for a lot of the controversy that followed Daniel Craig before the release of this film, he delivered on shutting a lot of the critics up with this movie. And he is revered now as, as a great. And so this is the reason why for it. So definitely check out Casino Royale when you have a chance. Again, it's on Netflix. Or if you have it on DVD, you can check it out there. You could probably buy it on online or on, on Voodoo or or Apple TV or, or any other app that you have that you can rent a movie. It'll be on there as well. So definitely check out Casino Royale when you have a chance. And that is going to do it for, again, this short edition of the Sam Cell Podcast, guys. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out Goal Driven Professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Along the way, check out these other amazing shows that are also on the podcast solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, Fretzelmania Podcast, and Midnight Showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, when you have a minute, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at SL Samuel, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And you can also find me on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Thank you guys again so much. And until next time, keep on screening.